2: I don't really feel the need to because it's so delicious when it comes out on my hot dog tcl is a proud sponsor of the score north studios tcl america's fastest growing tv brand One, two, three, four. it's Mackie and judd with rami with rami. Mm-hmm. yeah guys have a green light
1: um but i'll preface it you know with you know there's no you don't have a a green light at all times like there's time and score situations and it's not just going to be where you know you're coming down and you know everybody's just able to you know shoot whatever shot they want you know these guys know and they're smart basketball players and they're smart um, teammates for each other you're not you're not just going to shoot a shot just to shoot it you know you're you're getting shots within the offense within the system because we work on it every day
3: 20 that's the exact conversation we have with each other before write that down every friday Hey, everyone's got the green light. Just fire, fire your takes away. Yeah,
0: that's Throw probably them out not there. a good idea for us.
3: I've been taking really safe shots lately. I'm taking. I'm just taking it to the hole. Yeah, huh? I'm, I'm. I'm only shooting from the paint. And, you mean you're just
0: waiting for someone else to shoot a shot, and then you're going to shoot the exact opposite shot? Basically, yeah. That's pretty much been your <laughs> yeah. strategy. And I'm, this grabbing, are, I'm grabbing your
3: rebounds and putting them home is what I'm doing. <laughs> and this is a write that down Friday. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd, uh, I see Judd is like live tweeting right now from a bar in New York. Did you and see taunting us about White Claw? Did you see last night? By the way, didn't you predict and write that down last Friday that he would drag the wife to at least one hockey or basketball game? Uh, I well, I I think I may have predicted that last Friday. I have a more specific prediction that I'm gonna that I unveiled yesterday that I'll reiterate. Today. Last night, Madison he, Square Garden. He, oh. That, oh. That's the one that goes on the books today. Okay, I don't think he was at the Islanders game last night. They don't play at that's Madison the Square Garden. Center. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh man, what wrong? Game. Yeah, I, you know funny? I thought about including that. You know what? That's a that's a rookie mistake, man. Yeah, didn't have to specify the arena. Should've just said he'd drag her to a game of some sort. Oh, Forgot about
4: Barclays Center. That's
0: brutal.
3: He took a really funny picture with the uh, I believe it was I believe it was the Flyers mascot. <laughs> we should do a caption contest
0: with that. <laughs> Can we find that photo? We should do a caption contest with the one he with the one Don just tweeted out of him near that pig. Oh, I didn't and see the it. guy. Oh my the God. guy coming out of the bar, just like what's I didn't going see that. On here,
3: okay. Send these photos to Seth. Let's make sure these
0: <laughs> let's
3: make sure these see the light of day. Okay. All right. So uh, we have a, a super fun pack show for you guys. Jason Fitz, our friend from ESPN Radio and ESPN's Countdown to College Game Day, will join us in about forty minutes. Maybe spill a couple beans. We'll see if he wants to tell us if game day is coming to town next week. Write that down at five o'clock. But we got to start here. I know the Timberwolves, uh, they're not the most relevant thing today. uh, But with the Vikings on a bye week, I'm just like, I during down weeks like this, I just look for interesting stories and things to dive deep on because I'm just kind of a nerd like that. And I think you guys would appreciate the amount of nerdery in this NBCSports.com article by Tom Haberstrow. And the article is called How the Remodeled Wolves are Unlocking Andrew Wiggins, but it goes way deeper than just Andrew Wiggins. It's essentially an open book about all the things the Timberwolves have changed since Tom Thibodeau left. And I want to read a couple anecdotes and get your guys' thoughts on this. I read this first one and I was like, what? That's amazing. Uh, can't believe that that's a thing, but I guess I can in the age of like everything is a stat now. Oh, and I thought you were talking about how things used to be. That made you go, What? No, this but, is this is how things are now. Okay. That made me go, "Wow, that's amazing!" And I don't know if they should have said this publicly. I have, I almost feel like, I almost feel like they should have sat on this and not tipped off like other teams that may not be thinking about this. But <laughs> this is from the article. In the off season, Minnesota's analytics team noticed they could generally predict where misses from certain areas of the court would fall off the rim. The landing spot of corner threes, in particular, were easier to forecast. If the Wolves could get to those rebound locations before the opponent, Ryan Saunders now calls them hot spots for rebounds, could they find an edge, however small it might be? Possibly, but Ryan Saunders needed to see it to believe it. By the way, real quick. There's hot routes on Purple Daily. If Danny and Manny aren't doing hot spots on Raised by Wolves, they're blowing an opportunity.
0: They are Carry on. They are There should now. be yeah. hot spots. That's great. Thank so,
3: see yeah, how they had theories of like, but we can kind of looks like with all the stuff we can track now. Looks like we can kind of track where certain rebounds based on what shot. But that seems kind of complicated, right? So, so they dove in. Uh, he wanted to see it before uh, before he believed it. At practice in training camp, a handful of Wolves front office people, including Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders, stood shoulder to shoulder. About eight feet from the rim, they asked one of their wing players to shoot threes from the corner while the team watched. So so just envision Ryan Saunders, Gerson Rosas, and a couple other front office guys standing eight <laughs> feet from the rim out front and saying, All right, uh, uh, who's a wing player? Uh, Andy Wiggins. Go, sure. sh- go shoot some threes in yeah. the corner, okay? Uh, and the rest of the roster gathered around eagerly to watch from the sidelines waiting to see... Oh, what this is all about. Wait, eight feet from the rim, but where in relation to the rim? It like doesn't off to say, the left, it off doesn't to the right, say in particular I'm guessing straight away. It okay. doesn't say specifically in the article. This right. says eight feet from the rim. See, they're keeping some secrets. Yeah. Eight feet wait, No, <laughs> it's behind, behind the basket. It's in the front row. <laughs> the first miss hit Saunders right in the chest. Promising. Wait, why did it hit him in the chest? They're, they, the they're p- not allowed to catch it? Well, the point they were trying to prove was... If we stand here, the misses will come to us because we can predict, based on where the shots are coming from, where they're going to land. You can still catch it. It, You might have caught it. Your point is still getting across crystal clear. You don't have to get hit in the face or the chest with a basketball. (laughs) can't move your hands, man. (laughs) Bloody nose or bust. Showing their dedication (laughs) to
0: how this is going to work.
3: So the first miss hits Ryan Saunders right in the chest, or maybe he caught it. I don't know, but promising. Sorry. The next one. In details. The next one again. Directly to the hot spot. The players yelped in anticipation. The next three shots. Boom! 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 Bounced off the rim and fell into the trio's hands. The gym was floored, and more importantly, sold. And if you dig a little deeper into the article, Andrew Wiggins, his rebounding is up. The, the Timberwolves as a team are grabbing ninety percent of missed corner three rebounds this season. What? Yeah. what
0: 90 when
3: the opposing team misses a corner three this season the Timberwolves are grabbing 90% of those rebounds wow how is that even possible analytics man this is like magic And in the article it says the team the team referred to it as a magician's act Dennis Rodman said he used to know based on where guys were shooting from and who it was that was shooting where that rebound was going to end up. He said yeah. that was that was a big part of the reason why he was such a good rebounder. He studied and knew, like, okay, if Steve Kerr shoots from the corner, the ball's going to end up here. If Michael Jordan shoots from straight away, the ball's going to end up here. So I, I don't think he was using analytics, but ahead of the curve in terms of the predicting where the rebound would go or analyzing scientifically where the rebound would go and just being in the spot. Isn't this fascinating, though? There's an, I'll, I'll get to another anecdote here, too, but the fact that because a lot of people kind of make fun of analytics and you know sports aren't played on a spreadsheet and we hear that in baseball all the time but this is the type of stuff that I'm guessing Tom Thibodeau wasn't tracking incredibly closely and if he was there's another step there's are you are you tracking it for one and then are you able to get a bunch of 20-year-old dudes who just want to play basketball right i mean Andrew Wiggins wants to play video games and he wants to shoot how can you how can you make a point to him that says actually dude this is going to sound way nerdy but <laughs> stick with us here, okay? <laughs> Want to show you this spreadsheet. Uh so let me let me go through the next anecdote. Get your thoughts on this one, okay? Cuz this one applies uh, specifically to Andrew Wiggins in a game that happened a week and a half ago against the Spurs. So the article starts out by saying standing at midcourt just in front of Greg Popovich was Timberwolves head coach Ryan Saunders who shouted 33! 33! at Andrew Wiggins. It appears to be a mundane late third-quarter possession against the San Antonio Spurs in early November, but what transpires next is a peek under the hood of the youthful and remodeled Minnesota Timberwolves. It starts with Saunders, who's 33 years old, the NBA's youngest coach, and he's yelling 33, which has nothing to do with it. He's yelling 33 because the Timberwolves have an edict now at the end of quarters. If you've got the ball with time winding down, shoot your shot. With thirty three seconds left on the game clock, even if it's kind of a bad look, because the analytics say getting a two for one with thirty three seconds left on the clock is better than you know something else, like running the clock down to twenty four or shooting it too early and then they get a two for one just trading on shots end. or maybe one for you know. But yeah. Two bites at the apple with that much time left specifically, it gets it gets you two decent bites at the apple. Right. And so, the situation against San Antonio, ripe for a two-for-one, but only if Andrew Wiggins listens in this spot. So, after collecting a rebound with 45 seconds left in the quarter, Wiggins could have tuned out his coach, which I'm guessing happened quite a bit. No. Years past? Not Wiggy. Tom Thibodeau? Nah. He could have dribbled around and forced a mid-range jumper with 22 seconds left on the clock, and uh, having criticized Andrew Wiggins a couple times in my day, I can tell you that exact thing happened on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Run the clock down to a a spot that's not advantageous, and then take a dumb shot, and now they get the ball back. Can't Uh, imagine it. But on this particular possession, Andrew Wiggins breezes past half court, drives hard into the teeth of the Spurs' defense, and then unleashes a dizzying spin move and dishes to the cutting Jake Lehman for a wide-open dunk with 34 seconds left, just shy of the 33-second target. Moments later, Jeff Teague snares the ball away from the Spurs with 12 seconds left, And the Wolves slow it down for the last shot. Wiggins calls for the ball, gets it, orchestrates a high pick and roll, pulls off a deep three-pointer, swish. Bench goes crazy. Not crazy because he made the three as much. Crazy because this is their strategy. Mm -hmm. This is their plan. And it played out in front of their eyes with a successful two-for-one. Against the Spurs, it almost does, uh, this is fascinating. It to me. almost
4: does remind me of
3: like showing a group of young guys a magic trick. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever seen like David Blaine go and do magic for the Dallas Cowboys? Yes, it's, their reaction is so is so amazing. It, that's the most enter- it's more entertaining than the magic itself. Like showing these guys that this stuff works. And, and, and the amazement on their face that you can read because this magic works. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. These are. These are interesting stories. Then you can tell that it's working, and that, that's how you get guys to buy in by yeah. showing them the magic but works. Like, but like, what happens if you? Here's the thing: though. like, here's where you can lose the team, right? What happens if you go back to the training camp? What story? if they start thinking it's voodoo and they're scared of you? <laughs> <laughs> well, <they're> not... <laughs> what you black heard? magic is this? When the ball's in the air, you motion toward the rim. But but like where I'm where I'm wondering is okay when they lined up for the rebounding drill when Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders lined up. And they're eight feet away from the hoop. Now, you got to be a hundred percent sure about your research, right? Yeah. Because if 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 you go seven or eight shots and the like the ball bounces over the backboard and then the ball bounces opposite where you're standing and the team's watching you like that's like pulling a handkerchief out and it's just one handkerchief. It's it's, <laughs> it's not like thirty handkerchiefs all tied together coming out of the palm of your hand. <laughs> it, can, it can go awry very quickly. Um, okay, it, okay, dude, that was a that was a handkerchief. Good nice job. job, man. Uh, <laughs> great. Or like when you actually saw. Someone in half and they bleed out on the stage. <laughs> that never happened. Good God, I was gonna say it's like Why pulling This a... always happen on the show, and I was, our, you know our analogy gets super dark super fight. Fight. You know what? I was gonna say it'd be like pulling a dead rabbit out of the hat. I was like,
0: don't go dark, don't be dark. There's no reason to go dark here. But Mackie had to take it there. You tilt the hat open, waiting for the doves to fly out, and it's just three dead ones fall out. Thump. Thump, thump.
3: <laughs> well, These are the ones that flew into
0: U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, Ryan, you're
3: fired. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, and the other interesting Gosh. piece to this article against Tom Haberstrow and uh, it's a it's a deep dive into the Wolves unlocking Andrew Wiggins in this first month or so. But the other deep dive is they took a team trip uh, to uh, the Bahamas back in August. They just everyone went to the Bahamas and they drank wine together. And so Gerson. Andrew and Ryan went to some jazz bar that uh, Andrew Wiggins suggested. Hold on, who was Andrew... the threesome again? Gerson, uh-huh. Ryan, uh-huh. and Andrew Wiggins at a jazz bar. Okay. And the bartender says, that was, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> and they sat down, they drank wine together, and Gerson and Ryan basically for two hours said to Andrew, we love you, Uh love that you're a family man, but we gotta know, are you in or are you out? Do you want to win? Do you want to be an MVP? Do you want to live up to your twenty-seven million dollars? And it all kind of started with a two-hour wine session down in the Bahamas, and then uh, the rest is not history because it's only been a month. But the rest right. is—we're
4: not quite at history apparently yet. Apparently, it turned around. Slow Andrew it down, Wiggins. buddy.
3: Slow it so, down. I love this stuff. I think it's fascinating. And uh, if you guys want to dive into some scornerth analytics, and uh, I don't know, like maybe we can, maybe we can do a similar athlete challenge or something where we take Judd's Miss threes and we see where we can uh, grab maybe the rebounds. Maybe there know. was something in that wine. Hmm? Maybe they brainwashed Andrew Wiggins, and that's why he's fixed. You've seen Temple of Doom, right? <laughs> or Get Indiana Out? Jones. I've seen Get Out. Yeah, yeah. this could be. This it could, happens all the time. Could be. Could be. Just saying. Since we're down the magic road, that Get Out scene—that's <laughs> one of the creepiest scenes of <laughs> yes movie history. Yes, it is. You think uh, Gerson was clinking the tea glass with Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> Jonathan, have you seen? Have you seen it out yet? I haven't. Okay, you got to see. You, <laughs> you, you'd, you'd be rubbing your forehead right now if you did, because of what this might imply about
0: Garrison Rosehouse and Ryan Sauer. It would actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The person with the You're teacup not good
4: things. The person with things? the teacup was, uh, let's just say, not a good person.
3: One way to put it. That is one way to put it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but not a great person. Not so, a nice lady. So here's my question off of off of all this when it comes to the Wolves and Andrew Wiggins, when we sit here for the first month and we try to figure out, all right, have they have they tapped into something here or is it just Andrew Wiggins is just off to a hot start and it's just kind of blind luck? When I read the backbone stuff like this and I see the detail and the lengths to which they're going to just set up new systems and to communicate with players differently, this story makes me feel much more confident that these steps forward are very real and very sustainable. Yes, but are are these changes permanent? These these changes of habit for Andrew Wiggins, are they permanent? I think it's too early to say he won't fall back into old bad habits. You don't just break old bad habits and develop good new ones as quickly as however many games they've played so far this season. 16, 17, I'm not sure quite 14 right. or 15, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, it's not enough to convince me that he is a changed man and a changed player. I'm I'm moving in that direction and it's not something I'm ruling out. I think it's I think it's very possible. I think it's really really possible that what we're seeing right now is real and and will stick. But I'm not ready to say yeah, it's it's a done deal. Andrew Wiggins is this dude. Although I did last week and write that down predict he's going to start in the All-Star game. So I guess on some degree I did go out on that limb. But, but write that down is also about playing both sides of the fence and exactly. trying to win a batting title, let's Exactly, be honest. True. <laughs> I've made predictions and then predicted those predictions would be wrong just to get the points back and write that down. So it's Learning how to play the game. Thank you. That's right. Hedging right. the bets. Uh, All right, the uh, the other thing that uh, I want to I run by you here before we get into Jason Fitz in about 25 minutes or so, write that down at 5 o'clock. Uh, if you could pod me up here, Jonathan, I want to play this bite from PJ Fleck. Because because the take I have for you next does have a qualifier. You
4: know, I'm making progress, but he's in protocol.
3: This is on Tanner Morgan, by the way.
4: You know, I'm making progress, but he's in protocol, right? So that's all out of my hands. That's up to our medical staff and our trainers. who are doing a great job. They did a great job on the sideline on Saturday as well, noticing him and make, making him go down. You know, a lot of people are sitting there telling me that I'm making a, faking an injury and having a guy go down. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Right? So, why would I want my starting quarterback to go down so he has to come out so I can put the true freshman in? That doesn't make any sense. Um, and, but I was really proud of our medical staff of seeing that to make him go down. And I wasn't about to run back on the field. So, I'm just glad that everybody saw it and we could uh, get him the help that he needed. All right, here's my take for
3: you. Okay. So, we don't know Tanner Morgan's status yet, right? But if Tanner Morgan plays, this game is loser proof tomorrow for the Gophers at 11 a.m. Northwestern. Um, It's 100% loser-proof. They will not lose this game if Tanner Morgan plays. I argued with Judd on that when he said that the Broncos game was loser-proof, and I think the first half showed that it wasn't necessarily loser-proof. That game very well could have been lost, if not for a borderline miraculous comeback in the second half, something that hasn't been done in the last 99 tries. The Broncos also had like a top-six defense. And, that's and I, was, did, I did not endorse Judd's take on that, by that's, the way. That's what I was just about to say, is that what I saw in the Broncos, although not a good football team, was a good matchup for the Vikings because they are very good at getting after quarterbacks, and the Vikings aren't very good at protecting their quarterback more times than not. And we saw that play out in the first half. That's why I said it wasn't necessarily loser-proof. You were reading off some statistics to me before the show today. Again, if you're new to the show, just I'm not a college football guy, so I'm learning things as we go along here. What did you tell me about the Northwestern quarterback before this show started? Well, his name is Aiden Smith, and his parents are great. They raised a a, a fine, young, smart boy, Aiden Smith. (laughs) That's always a good start. You know him? You know his uh, parents? uh, He scored, uh, I believe, 31 on his ACT. It's tough to get into Northwestern. Mm -hmm. It really is. He's he's a nice guy. Really good school. He's a nice guy. Really, really good school. But he sucks at quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. He's terrible.
0: Killing the kid. Whatever.
3: He is not he a good football player. He doesn't football, Jonathan. He has, he's going to have a degree from Northwestern. He can go and get any job he wants. He doesn't need football. He doesn't need to get his brains beat in. As a matter of fact, it's probably a good thing he sucks at football, to be quite honest with you. It just helps move on with the next exactly. phase of be, your it's life. It's going to be right? easier to move on to that next phase of his life and make all that money with uh, that Northwestern degree. But yeah, uh, he's How a, bad is he at football? He's too? a good-looking good guy. He's going he's gonna to have options in life, in relationships. See, I, what's his name? His name is Aiden Smith. Aiden Smith. Yeah, right here. Look at Aiden. He's got, he's got a strong, oh, manly, yeah. manly jaw, oh, yeah. clean-shaven. Mm-hmm. He's going to have options in life. That's a kid who looks like he was born with a degree from Northwestern. He does. He does. And he's going to tell you about it. <laughs> But you know what he's not going to tell you about? (laughs) His football career. (laughs) This is. Probably oh a little God. unnecessary to be piling <laughs> this on so so this way. This okay? is so unnecessary. I'm sorry. Brutal. I feel terrible. Damn, I I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. This is mean. I, I did not mean for it to be this wow. mean spirit, okay?
0: But Aiden. But
3: the reason why the Gophers cannot lose this game if Tanner Morgan starts and finishes the game, is because Northwestern's quarterback and passing game, let's frame it that way, is averaging four yards per attempt this season. (laughs) Per attempt? Excuse me? Not per completion. That was my response. Four yards per attempt. (laughs) But you heard the man. And uh, the touchdown to interception ratio is three touchdowns to nine interceptions, and they complete 50% of their passes.
0: Three touchdowns to nine interceptions?
4: It's really, really bad. Oh,
0: my. Which one's more harder to believe that the Wolves are pulling in 90% of rebounds from corner threes or four yards per
3: <laughs> passing attempt Dude. and
5: three touchdowns to
3: nine <laughs> interceptions? It's loser proof. And I just, I, there, there haven't been very many. I don't think I'm going to fight games. you on this one, man. I, th- that's, that's one of those wow. things that I shy away from often. Like,. My, my former co-host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, down in Milwaukee, he had a, a, a phrase for easy games for the Packers. He would always say, roll out the helmets. This is a roll out the helmets game. And I'd be like, dude... You need to slow down about just rolling out the helmets. And I kid you not, he made that proclamation five times over the course of the time that we worked together. Four of those, I think they lost. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they lost four of the five times that he made a roll out the helmets proclamation. But I think in the NFL it's different because you're still, even the worst teams in the NFL, you're still, it's a bunch of dudes from LSU and Alabama that are on those rosters still, right? Sure. So it's, it's a bunch of blue chip players. That's not the case in college football all the time, no. and it's I not just the case there are Aiden there, Smith
0: apparently there are Listen,
3: the You need to quit throwing his name out <laughs> yeah, there. Okay? For real. You need to chill out on <laughs> dude, Aiden Smith, John. Quit <laughs> ripping an innocent. What did Aiden kid Smith do to you, dude? All right, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> Probably that you agree it's loser proof for the Gophers. <laughs> yes, it is loser proof. Uh, and so I think I think with that, the pressure is actually on now. <laughs> if, if, if I'm right that this game is loser proof, Wisconsin against Purdue, everyone's kind of writing that up too. But you know. I would say this, Purdue's coach makes about $6 million a year, is one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Like, have some pride and step up and do something at some point. So we'll see. But uh, I think it depends on what do you want as a Gopher fan. Do You just want into the Big Ten Championship any means or by, by any path that you can get your hands on. Because Gophers beating Northwestern and having Purdue upset Wisconsin gets that done for you this weekend. But the more fun path and the more... Nerve wracking path, and the path that gets us college game day next weekend is if both is that teams confirmed win? Yet, it's not confirmed. Are they waiting for Fitz to come on this show and confirm it? Is that what they're waiting for to we're, make the announcement? We're gonna nudge him for sure. Okay, in Stay about tuned, twenty minutes. All right, but uh, let's just say I had somebody text me that said last weekend on Saturday eight fifty seven p.m. Mm-hmm. that would know. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, I think there is a good chance game day is in Minnesota in two weeks. So I really think it's up to Gophers in Wisconsin to not have epic collapses. Although if the Gophers collapse and Wisconsin wins, that game is still for the division. So, Man, I was really hoping I'd be here for that. I'm going to be out of town. That sucks. I want to do something crazy in the background for college game day. Get some attention for Score North. Well, John- Jonathan's <laughs> going to have the corn dog suit. right, oh, no, right I'm inside. so Good. excited. For All this. right, you guys got this covered. You don't need me. We'll take ideas. Yeah, we though. got the corn okay. Okay. Suit. What, what, what do we need to do for? What sign should Jonathan be holding up in a corn dog suit? Let me brainstorm. Let me brainstorm. And we should take suggestions at Score North on Twitter. What yes. should what sign should Jonathan hold up wearing the corn dog costume <laughs> yes. when college game day comes to Minnesota? Tweet at S K O R North. We gotta hit Seth up. Let's let's let's. <laughs> we got, we've got like four tweets that we need gotta put in the right now. We got a lot.
4: We gotta get to Seth here.
3: We <laughs> do. Uh, so we will talk to Jason Fitz in about twenty minutes. Here, but do you on think Aiden Smith Brownie. is bad at quarterback, or do you think it's? Oh, uh, now you're bringing him up. Insta- Instagram and Fortnite. I do now feel terrible <laughs> that we have brought his name up unnecessarily. about no, eight nobody times in Minnesota segment. knew. Who he I'm was saying until it's not.
0: started bringing his name.
3: I'm up. saying it's not his fault. Pat Fitzgerald says Instagram and Fortnite are ruining these college kids and and college football. And that's so I am I think it's the Instagram and the Fortnite. I don't think it's Aiden Smith's fault. Dude, you know Pat Fitzgerald is on to something. I feel like I feel like it was a waste of time when we played video games <laughs> as kids because there weren't like professional e-sports leagues. Sure. But now you got like like Ninja. Didn't Ninja just sign like a $500 million deal? I think so. Something to, yeah, like that. With some streaming. Something crazy. Like, you get good at a video game and you can make generational changing money. Like we were the idiots. We were playing Super Nintendo in the 90s just wasting our time. That's also, a, no, we it. weren't. There are studies that indicate that playing video games improves your problem-solving abilities, your problem-solving skills. Absolutely mm-hmm. 100% true. You need to use your brain to play video games. It's not It's not this thing that you just shut off your brain and sit back and veg out. Video games are interactive. They're engaging. Are you you saying Pat Fitzgerald might be a little bit of a meathead? I'm saying, how did Pat Fitzgerald go from being the young, cool, hip coach in the Big Ten to being everybody's grandpa? (laughs) seems
0: like Aiden Smith isn't (laughs) playing enough video
3: games because his problem-solving abilities aren't working when he's throwing three See, Jonathan, why are you piling
5: on this kid, man? What did he do to you? I don't understand.
3: Uh-huh. So mean.
5: Sorry, so I, mean. I, I do
3: legitimately feel bad. I should have brought this up. I name, apologize. Phil
5: and Jonathan, Aiden Smith, terrible people. I,
3: Rami Makloff apologize on behalf of Mackie and Judd with Rami. But uh, we'll do some game day digging here shortly after we take a break. <laughs> Somebody tweeted in a suggestion already. <laughs> you see said. the one that I
6: saw?
3: <laughs> Ask me about my wiener. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
7: <laughs> Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company.
3: That's right. Federated will not protect your corn dog suit, but they'll protect your business. They'll give you peace of mind if you're a business owner out there. Federated is here in case you have something involved with your business that uh, puts you on the defense Or even just like things that might happen in the future, you want that peace of mind knowing that you have an insurance company that can uh, that can step in, put their arm around you, give you that face to face relationship. Uh, Federated, there's a full list on their website, federatedinsurance.com, of all the industries that they protect, including auto services. If your business falls into one of these categories, uh, maybe this piques your interest: cabinet and custom woodworking, retailers, wholesalers contractors dealerships funeral services machine plastics tooling and they're also a proud sponsor and a partner of gopher athletics so they'll be rooting on this loser proof game tomorrow as i'm coining it FederatedInsurance.com to find your federated marketing representative and remember federated it's our business to protect
0: yours Jonathan here with the Score North download for this hour. Download the Score North mobile app and make sure you register for listening rewards because this month, one lucky app user will win a $200 Visa gift card just for having the free Score North mobile app. All you have to do is download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards for your chance to win a $200 Visa gift card. And all you would have to do is just have this free score north mobile app stefan diggs as we mentioned yesterday was on good morning football yesterday he was asked what he thinks of his quarterback Kirk cousins chance of winning the mvp here's what he said
5: i feel like he has a case you know um uh, my case earlier was, you know, Dalvin Cook. No, yeah. You know, but Kirk Cousins playing lights out right now. You can't, you can't dispute it. You can't go against it. He had a, a comeback this past weekend, and people, people want to go against him. But at this point, he's playing well. You, what you gonna say about it? You know, my guy for a while was Dalvin Cook. Still mm. is my guy. Yeah. Under the table, don't say nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's a special player. I feel like he's the best player. He can do everything. home. know, on that night against the Cowboys, he shines.
0: That's has been Your score North download now. Back to Mackey and Judd with Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami
3: on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, and Countdown to College Game Day. He's going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes from right now. Mackie, haven't you said in the past on this show that NFL head coaches should just have Madden players with them on the sidelines or up in the booth to help them with game management situations? Think about, and I know we're going somewhere with this, Mm -hmm. but just a quick aside. Think about how many guys are on a football coaching staff I mean you have like a special teams you have a special teams coordinator and then like an assistant to the special teams coordinator you get like Kevin Stefanski was just some sort of a an untitled offensive assistant for years There's they, no
0: salary cap on the coaching staff so
3: And I don't know like, what the rules are in terms of official coaches but you just you, you go watch an NFL practice at training camp sometime and just see how many random guys are walking Most around. Most guys like Kevin St- Stefanski, they start out on the staff as like a video coordinator, which Correct. is literally in in today's day and age. Back in the day, it would be like delivering tapes to players and coaches and stuff. But in today's day and age, it's it's getting getting the t- the video that they need uploaded to these guys' iPads and laptops so they can go and study it. Like that's where guys yeah. like Kevin Stefanski start out and they climb the ladder. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of spots for assistant coaches, and I've always wondered. Why don't you use them differently? Why don't you use them more efficiently? Why not have someone who knows what they're doing when the clock is running and you don't know if you should call a timeout or not? Well, John Harbaugh has been listening and there's an article today about his, his methods of, uh, of, of the way he, he utilizes a guy just like one that you're talking about at, in the athletic. And it says a 12th year head coach doesn't claim to be some kind of an analytics expert or mathematics savant. It's not that complicated. He just likes having the right information to help his team win. Quote, I trust my eyes first. And then the information confirms or opens your eyes to something. And you can go, Oh, I've got to look at that or consider that. And, uh, for years, he's had a staffer in the booth communicating win probabilities to him during the game. First, it was Matt Weiss, who has since become the running backs coach. And this season, it's football analyst, that's his official title, football analyst Daniel Stern, a 25-year-old behavioral economics major who grew up in Baltimore, got his degree from Yale, and is in his fourth season with the Ravens. Football. And this guy is literally, during the game, giving him win probabilities based on if you go for this fourth down and make it versus if you go for this fourth down and don't make it when you kick this field goal. He's helping him with time management situations in terms of figuring out the math of using your timeouts and, and how, how many more you might need as the game plays out. This dude is basically a, a Madden manager in the booth for John Harbaugh, thinking for it's him. genius. And John Harbaugh, I don't, when you think of the best coaches of the last 20 years or so in the NFL, Bill Belichick is the first one you think of. And I think a lot of people would put Pete Carroll and Andy Reid and maybe a couple others in that mix. But John Harbaugh, for reasons like this, you know, they're, they're, he was on the hot seat a couple of years ago. They went 5 and 11 a few years ago and the Joe Flacco thing, uh, they signed him to the big contract. But I love version 2.0 of John Harbaugh. And listen to this: They've been really, really aggressive on on fourth down calls so far this season. They've gotten ten out of 14 fourth down attempts so far this season. Yeah, tied with the Colts for the most conversions yeah. in the league. And that's another very analytically driven team. And on the ten drives where they've converted, eight have resulted in touchdowns. Yeah, they're well, averaging ten and a half yards per play on fourth down. You know, the the fear of going forward on fourth down is so illogical for for. A lot of NFL coaches think are are very rigid in terms of the way they process. Mm-hmm. We punt on the, in these. It's, it's an auto punt on fourth and blank, right? But if you think of it, just zoom out to thirty thousand feet. The best offenses in the NFL are averaging like five and a half or six yards per play, and even the worst offenses in the NFL. So Northwestern's offense, for instance, okay, the Gophers are going to play Northwestern tomorrow. Are you gonna, not going to throw the are quarterback you pile out of the box, on guys? Aiden Smith more, dude? Get, leave the kid alone already. We're still doing this. No, you guys are doing it. Oh, I was talking about. It.
0: I didn't bring him up in the download.
3: Northwestern's terrible. And, and Northwestern, it's a loser-proof game for the Gophers. Did I say that? But <laughs> Northwestern still averages four yards per play offensively. So if it's fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and four, why are coaches so fearful? You know, if, if especially if if. Media and the public and Madden players are all there's a generation of Madden players that all, like all of us played Madden growing up, right? There's a generation of Madden players that are now in the media that are covering football. They're not going to criticize you for being aggressive on fourth and three. It's just the no, right thing get to it. do, man. Yeah, we get it. You should be doing that. You should be criticized the other way around. So I love it. I think my question would be how do you want the information? If you're a head coach and you've got 20 year old uh, assistant football analyst guy and he's just in your pocket following you around the sidelines. I don't want there to be a discussion. I just want to know, hey, dude, I trust you. I'm just going to ask you, go for two or no? Yeah. Hey, I, I kind of want to call a timeout. yay or nay. Yeah, no. That's that's. I want the information fed to me as we go. Don't hand me a booklet at the start of the game and I have to fumble through and find like a certain like the exact situation that I'm yes. looking for. You figure it out and just relay it to me as the game is being played out. Yeah.
4: By the way, the Vikings are
3: like pretty much middle of the pack in terms of fourth down aggressiveness so far this season. Okay. They're like they're literally almost right in the middle. What's the, the do you have their success rate? At. I don't have the success rate. I just have the the go rate and uh they're going uh just about 30% of the time. They're going for 30% of their fourth downs or like or is think, it like it's like fourth and close borderline situations. Um if I'm reading this chart right, I think they're going for it well, pro- there, it's probably more specific than what you're saying. I just pulled this chart up on the fly. Sure. Um, uh, but, like, there was a situation in terms of – because I think there's two two prongs here. There's going forward on fourth down and the go for two. So how aggressive should you be in going for two and going for on fourth down? But then there's also timeout management. And we saw this pop up in the Gophers-Iowa game last weekend where the Gophers' clock is running down. They've got to score twice. They got the ball at the one yard line. They only have two timeouts left and they're, they run the risk of a delay of game in that spot. And if there is a Madden player standing next to PJ Fleck, if, and if, if I was standing next to PJ Fleck, I would have tapped him and said, dude, take the delay of game. The five yards here, you're, you can still score a touchdown from the five yard line. Like you've got Rashad Bateman, just throw a ball up for him. Yeah. The five yards aren't nearly as important as the 40 seconds slash the timeout that you can preserve and maybe it allows you to kick off. And like coaches, are you lobbying to be that guy for P.J. Fleck? Yes.
0: <laughs> do you have the 100% energy to yes. stick with him on the sideline for the entire game. I don't game? think
3: you do keep up, man. The sprint out of the gate at halftime at the start of the game, <laughs> I would run out of gas at the 20-yard line. You know that means you can't have white claws because you're working. Yeah, no white claws during the game, man. I bet P.J. clank's a claw after the game, though. After the think game. think P.J. clanked a claw after that Penn he State seemed like game? A, I think he's hes a claw guy. He's a claw well, clanker. we got to have
0: him on so we can figure this out. Pretty sure he's a claw guy. You know,
3: you only have to clank a claw once. To be a claw clanker. <laughs> okay, so I think I've got it. If I'm reading this right, they're going for it on about 30% of the times that it's recommended by the analytics that you should be going for That makes for more it. sense. Yes. That makes more sense. Um, but coaches, think about the hundreds of hours. These dudes sit in film rooms. They brag about getting to the office at four o'clock in the morning and then they stay till midnight and, like, I don't sleep or see my family. I never see my kids and I brag about it. <laughs> and, you,
7: and you never mix in a
3: little game theory. You never mix in a little maybe timeout strategy. I don't, session. Even, I don't even blame them for not being able to mix it in. They got a um, dude being a head coach in the NFL. You have a million things on your plate. A good leader delegates. So I I think John Harbaugh is doing the smart thing. Instead of trying to study this and figure it out for himself, he's just delegated it to somebody else who feeds him the information as time goes. By the way, the Vikings, I just pulled this up on footballreference.com. The Vikings are third in the NFL in fourth down conversion success rate. 73% success rate for the Vikings on fourth down. Wow. But they've only gone for it 11 times. Wow. Be more aggressive. We're not going to criticize you. Aggressive. B E A G G R E. Uh, Jason Fitz from ESPN Radio. You can hear him early in the mornings here, including on Golic and Wingo. ESPN's Countdown to College Game Day. Spill it, Jason. Spill it. Are you going to be hanging out with us next weekend?
2: Uh, Well, I haven't gotten the final word yet, but I I think I, yeah. I I mean, I haven't, we haven't seen anything yet. I I think so. Like, it it only makes sense. And I, I told you last week that. You know, Reese was going to say that that uh, you know Minnesota could take a loss and and it would still be incredibly important, and uh, next week would still they they could still win their way into the playoff. We're seeing that that is the case, and I mean, what game is what game is better? What game is more meaningful next weekend? I, I can't find one. So you know, I I haven't gotten official word, but I feel like we're all going to be hanging out. I, it just seems like it's the right fit. You think they have a chance to make the playoff, Jason? Uh, well, on paper, yes. In actuality, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I, this is—it's the same thing we're doing today, tomorrow when we take a look at Penn State, Ohio State, and you know, uh, look, everybody wants to make that a game because it's Penn State, Ohio State, and it's the best game of the weekend. But uh, there's just a clear line between Ohio State and virtually everybody else, you know, and, and that—and that's okay. It doesn't mean that, that Penn State's not great. It's just Ohio State. And LSU and Clemson are the three best teams in the country this year, and it's not even close, right? So uh, they're just at a different level. And, and frankly, this isn't going to be a popular opinion for Penn State fans. I think Ohio State's just going to absolutely just kill Penn State tomorrow. And so it's hard for me to see any version of the, the, the Ohio State that doesn't kill everybody on the schedule, including the Big Ten championship game. So even if Minnesota can win their way in there, I I, I just don't think anybody can keep up with – uh, Ohio State, and that would be a second loss, and, and likely a big loss. So it, it's hard for me to see it.
3: I saw you earlier this week on uh, Golic and uh, and Wingo on ESPN Radio, heard mornings right here on the, on Score North, and and you talked about the fact that. College football right now faces a perception of brand bias. I've had that perception for years. Jason, I actually I tweeted at you when I said that when I saw that and I said brand bias is college football's brand. That's 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 what they do in my eyes and I think in a, in the eyes of a lot of fans and I think it's on display when you beat Penn State a week ago and now you're two spots behind them in the college football playoff rankings.
2: Yeah, and and look, I don't care how much anybody wants to justify it. that. To me, that's garbage, and it's trash that the committee did it. And I, I don't, I don't respect it at any at any level. There's no way, shape, or form that common opponent should weigh more than a head-to-head matchup that happened just two weeks ago. And I'll understand if they want to talk about common opponent because of a matchup that happened early in the season. But this is the most. The the committee, the way I've been describing it all week, is this is a just-because committee. And, you know, everybody knows that person that you can sit there at the sports bar and you argue with them. And every time you think you've got them pinned in, they change their argument. And as they change their argument, you think, what is this idiot doing, right? And eventually that person just says, well, you know what, just because. Because I say so. (laughs) That's all the committee showed us when they did this. And, And you know, one week it's strength of schedule, one week it's the eye test. They're moving the, the target every single week. And for them to put Penn State ahead of Minnesota only two weeks after that already happened to me is just absolute trash.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jason Fitz is with us here. And I think I, when it comes to brand bias, this is what I – so I actually, as as the diehard gopher guy here, I actually disagree, not in, in, in full with you and Rami, but I do think if you're a program like the Gophers – and you don't bring in as many five-star, well, you don't bring any five-star recruits. You don't bring uh, nearly as many four-star recruits. In terms of rosters, it's not like the NFL where you have so many common opponents and rosters don't turn over nearly as much as when you're ushering kids out the door every two to four years. I do think there's a little bit of a prove-it aspect where if I've got a one-loss Alabama and a one-loss Gophers and they didn't play any of the same opponents, I'm okay with the committee leaning on Now, the Penn State thing, I agree with you guys, but um, I'm okay with the committee leaning on, all right, the Gophers are in the back of this one-loss line, and they have to prove it uh, by beating a Wisconsin or beating an Iowa. So I'm I'm actually at peace with it.
2: Well, and, and that would be fine if that was consistent and if that was the way it went across the board. The question is, how are they making the decisions they're making when they're forced to make the decisions everywhere? I mean, at some point... Are we going to look at resume as the reason that LSU is better than Ohio State, according to the committee? But then we're going to look at eye test as the reason that they're going to put Alabama ahead of a team like, let's say, Oregon. And, uh, you know, and and all I want from the committee is some level of consistency week in and week out and how they do this and how they make their their decisions. And I've said this before, and uh, look, I understand how difficult it is if you ask a group of 13 people what their favorite uh, what, what the best uh, hamburger is, I know that creates an incredible argument. The problem is, week to week, you can't change the way that you're making those decisions, and that's what it feels like this committee's doing. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 with the head-to-head matchup having been so close, it's hard for me to find a path that leads to this. And it's really going to be interesting, especially because, why, well, the, the week-in and week-out rankings may not matter as much because we all believe it's going to trust itself. There is a real scenario, a scenario I don't think would necessarily happen, but a real scenario where Georgia could beat LSU for the SEC championship game, something I think is likely could happen. And then on the flip side, Minnesota turns around and does the unthinkable and beats uh, Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten championship game. Now how are they making a decision of who the four are? when all of a sudden everybody's taking a loss. And, and that's going to be what's interesting about this committee. That's why I'm so passionate about it, because how is the committee going to judge a team like Georgia that has one terrible loss against a team like, in that scenario, Minnesota, that would have one loss that's actually a good loss? and We just we don't know the answer to that. I hate that.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, all right, if if this game day thing happens for the first time in in University of Minnesota history, what in your experience makes for a fun game day crowd? Like what should we what should we go to school on here in the next week if this happens?
2: You know the the hardest thing about game day for everybody to be honest is that in the beginning it's the the best day of everybody's life, you know, like when the show starts, it's incredible. When you get to hour number 2 and and hour number 3, you get into the last part of the show. The funny thing is that the ratings show that that's when most college football fans start tuning in is when we get close to the end of the show, right? Yeah. Because everybody's getting ready for the games. Yeah. The problem is that's when the crowd always starts to die. That The energy jaws down a little bit. Everybody's tired from being out there since 3.30 in the morning. So I think the biggest thing is just, just to start thinking right now about pacing yourself and everything that you do so that you can be as energetic at 9 a.m., uh, and at 10 a.m. as you are when the show first starts.
3: Jason, you're talking about drinking. You're saying don't drink too much too fast because we don't need you passing out before the show is over. That's what you're saying.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, you are. So, look, I'll never forget the, the shocked look on everybody's faces when we were in Tuscaloosa and we walked the front row in Alabama, and a bunch of the frat guys decided they were going to just bring their bottles of white Zin and drink straight from the bottle, which is poochie and weird all at once. I don't understand.
3: Uh, By the way, Jonathan, you should be taking notes because uh, we are going to send our producer Jonathan in a corn dog costume, and we're taking suggestions on what sign he should be holding up. So just make sure you I'm taking notes, you pace yourself. Do you okay. have any not not necessarily specific suggestions for the sign fits, but what works? What makes a good sign? What are the elements of a good sign in the background on college game day?
2: Uh something that's that's clever and something that's well drawn. I I mean to be honest, like more often than not, it's either got to be really really different and most of the time you see things like, you know, what does this school have in common with this school or with cereal? Neither one belongs in a bowl. Whatever it is, you like. You see your your cereal jokes, your milk jokes, all these things that everybody thinks are clever. We see those all the time. I think the two things that stand out is a really well done sign, and then a really original sign. And I'll uh, I, I, that that's really what what everybody the one that makes you stop and laugh because you've never seen it before. So. They take some time and go to your fifth or sixth idea because realize that your first and second idea were probably already done by somebody else.
3: Not that I would go there, but it has to be fCC compliant, right?
2: It does have to be f c. How compliant, do you guys police that
3: because it's just a massive humanity behind those guys. Do you have like do you have security walking through and confiscating signs that can't be on TV?
2: Yes and yes. And when you first get there, you're you're walked through. Um, You have to be scanned when you get there and they check signs. But even if somebody thinks they've been clever, there's a whole group of security people that just walk and make sure that they don't see a sign that's family uh, inappropriate. As I tell everybody, you know, when we do countdown to game day, we're live right in front of the front group of fans. And every every single Saturday morning, and I'll do the same thing tomorrow. I give the same spiel. I start at one end of that rack and I run all the way down. And I tell everybody the same thing that we're live and that I work for Mickey mouse. So if you wouldn't say it or do it, to <laughs> the team, you that is the lesson. Yeah. Security is on it all morning long to make sure.
3: Uh, one more thing for you here, because the Vikings are on a bye week but uh, we're still, I think a lot of fans are still pretty high around here from Kirk Cousins, first fourth quarter comeback win as a Vikings quarterback and I get that it was against the Broncos and the Broncos aren't exactly a powerhouse team. But what in the last couple of weeks, Vikings go on the road. They beat Dallas in prime time and then they come back. And even though they fell asleep in the first half, they come back from down 20 points. Uh, how has your opinion of Kirk Cousins and or the Vikings shifted, if at all, in the last couple
4: of weeks?
2: Well, actually what's finally happened is they're making me look like less of an idiot because I took the Vikings to win the division at the beginning of the year. And I felt super dumb about it at one point. So they're, they're, they're helping me a little bit here and I, I think they're just playing too their potential uh all, honestly and yeah that first half against the broncos made no sense whatsoever the broncos are a better defense that they get credit for being this year especially over the last six weeks of the season but you know ultimately uh, I, I, that was a statement for kirk cousins to get a little bit of that monkey off his back and everything that he does does exactly that gets a little of the monkey off the back that it's an incredibly talented football team and we just sort of sleep on that we forget that and uh, I'm not willing to do that. I, I still looked at, over the back half of the you know whatever the last six games that will have in the NFL season. I still think the Vikings could and should win the North. I think they're the most talented team in that division. That's going to end up uh, being the factor in it. So I appreciate the fact that Kirk Cousins woke up in time to make me not look like a total moron <laughs> with my preseason prediction.
3: That's our friend Jason Fitch. You can hear him on First and Last, four o'clock to five o'clock a.m. Early in the morning here on Score North and throughout Golick and Wingo as well on your drive, and you can also find him as part of countdown to College Game Day. And maybe, uh, maybe we'll see you next weekend, Jason Fitz. I'm, I'm just
2: saying that I have a good feeling. I'm just gonna uh, look. I'm, I'm uninvited. I'm just bringing myself on the show Monday so we can talk about Game Day because I, I have a good feeling. Like I will tell you that my gut tells you. I spent today looking at flights to and from Minnesota, so I think we're gonna be there. We'll celebrate together.
3: Awesome, man. There you go. All right, Jason. We'll Appreciate talk to you, it, man. Fitz. Have a great week. That is Jason Fitz. Yeah, let's uh we'll make a note of that. If if this happens, we'll definitely we'll get him on Monday. We'll we'll plan the week with him on Monday. And Rami's going to be doing shows early next week, holiday week, but you're going to be in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Yes, sir. From my old home at the Fan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. uh Can you bring the family out? <laughs> would they stand outside for four hours? I doubt it. Beers? I doubt it. I don't think my dad <laughs> is standing outside for four hours for a damn thing. Uh, but Nothing. So, so he mentions it's interesting. They they scan everybody when you walk in, and they confiscate bad signs. But you guys saw a couple weeks ago the sign that did make it through the inappropriate sign. I don't think I did. No. And I don't endorse this. No. But it was a, it was a genius way to get an inappropriate sign in. So, one person brought a corndog sign in. Sure. Smart. And another person brought a Nick Saban sign in with the, let me back up, one person brought an LSU-themed corndog sign in. Okay. And another person brought a Nick Saban large head with the mouth, mouth cut wide open, open okay. sign in. Uh-huh. And I'll let you take it from there in your mind no, as to please how they explain. combine the two signs. Please do explain, <laughs> Philip. I cannot imagine what it is you speak of. So, uh, we do not condone right any of that when game day comes to town. I must, it I must add
0: something to do with Aiden Smith. <laughs> Dude. It's Dude. 30 minutes later, and we're still savaging him. What did this poor kid do? Nothing. I'm sorry. Except for throwing nine interceptions to three touchdowns. <laughs> and a We are terrible humans. <laughs> when you throw for four yards per completion. Look, we
3: complimented him a lot too, all right? We said he's good looking, smart, Goes Northwestern. Yeah, man. He's got it all. By the way, he doesn't care what I it's, think of him. I'm a fat
4: short guy who's working in radio, man. <laughs> I got nothing on him. I'm punching up. I'm punching up over here. <laughs>
7: This
3: is all my fault. They're yeah, 100 percent losing start, tomorrow. Now you started, they are 100% started this. 100% you, you're losing the tomorrow. one who started this. To be clear, <laughs> amazing. Well, when we come back, we can put these predictions where uh, we can we can we can put our money where our mouth is. If we, all my predictions, Aiden Smith related. I think yeah, we have to now. We just have to have Aiden <laughs> no. Smith
0: related. Write that down. So we're changing Poor it kid. over the break. <laughs> Poor
3: kid. Kid just wants to play football. <laughs> just wants uh, to play football. So do I. But... I want I want a uh what are those things we post on Twitter? Um audiograms. Audiogram, I, want, I want an audiogram that's just a smash cut of all of all our shots at Aiden Smith today. Set
4: to highlights if of that, him, if... set to highlights of him throwing interceptions.
7: <laughs> Jeez.
0: Jeez. This has turned violent This has turned violent Can we just tweet out a quote Every time he throws an interception no! tomorrow
3: That man has a family
0: Our deepest apologies He has a
3: family <laughs> Seriously our deepest apologies We don't mean any of this stuff we're saying It's all in good fun We roast those we love Write that down coming up next What's on the Maybe. TCL TV right now Oh look, the Yankees are gonna Yankees are gonna pay Jacoby Ellsbury seventy million dollars to, to not go play. Go away. Baseball. Dude, if you ever want to offer me that as my will, employer, yeah, I'll I'm take listening. That. So, so, I'm here for that offer. So <laughs> who made more money not playing baseball? Jacoby Ellsbury or uh, or was it Carl Crawford who got paid like eighty million dollars yeah, to man, not play he baseball? Cleaned up. I think he might still be collecting a check. <laughs> so we watch sports on a TCL TV. We've got uh, we got Sports Center on right now, but T C L is the official T V for watching sports in the score North studios you got 255 inch built-in roku tvs here the built-in roku device gives you access to all of the sports streaming channels you can think of espn plus uh payton's places all kinds of fun film breakdowns and stuff i'm i'm a nerd for some of those like kobe bryant film breakdowns but even if you're even if you're just all right enough sports Mackie and jump around me give me all the sports i need you can get access to five hundred thousand TV shows and movies with that built-in Roku device to watch The Mandalorian, baby. Do it. Episode three just really? came out, good. dude. Such a good show.
0: Episode three. You can't
3: watch it because you have to know something about Star Wars, but and you guys are cord cutters, right? Yep. Yes, You're both cord cutters. Yes, sir. I mean, TCL is your cord cutting TV. I got that. That's what. I got that old Roku that's like its own unit and is connected to my TV. There's like cords and cords stuff. everywhere. Yeah. No, not with the TCL built-in, baby. TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Write that down, Predictions, when we come back. Never thought about dipping
2: into it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Romy. With Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then. Write this down. Write
3: it down. You like writing things down. Yes, write that down time, gentlemen. We have five weeks left in the 2019 Write That Down batting title race. The batting averages last week. How many w- weeks left? Five. Oof. Five weeks left. Ooh. And there's a, there's a holiday stretch. So really, it's getting down to it. Actually, we have two holiday weeks in there. So it's really like three more shots at this thing. Yeah. Whoa. Now I will say last swings. There's there's always the option for people to throw out random write that down predictions throughout the week. So I just want to make it clear, if you want to throw out additional write that down predictions outside the parameters of this segment here, you're welcome to. Sure, to, you know take anytime. a few stabs anytime. Now if we if we get the sense that you're uh, trying to put fifty bunts on the table, then the committee can <laughs> gather and blow a whistle (laughs) exactly but uh but that hasn't happened yet uh judd will not be making predictions this week because he is currently live tweeting from a bar in new york city somewhere very convenient for judd yeah his latest tweet about i don't know where he is but he was rubbing something in our face about white claw saying that like he witnessed a millennial try to order a white claw at a dive bar in new york and the bartender just like turned their head sideways without (laughs) saying anything Dope. Whoa, I just
4: went to draw.
0: Dude, we have so many captioned caption contest photos from Judd's timeline. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> What's this one? Let me see. It's him posing with a giant pig of Yeah, some that's sort. the one I was talking about earlier. Okay. All right. I didn't see
1: that one before.
3: <laughs> Classic Judd. The most photogenic guy we know. <laughs> the White Claw tweet read, uh... He's at Jimmy's Corner in New York and said, Millennial gal to bartender, do you guys have White Claw? Bartender gives her a look that says a thousand no's. She yells to a friend, no, sports dad was thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Point for Judd.
4: Millennial gal, that's what he went with. Millennial gal, that's what
3: he went with. That's James Murphy from the Scorn of the Gopher show. By the way, he's going to make predictions. He's sports as a dad, how do you expect them?
4: <laughs> what vernacular do you expect him to be
3: used? <laughs> <laughs> right, are you guys ready to? Uh, you guys ready to go through this accountability session here? I don't, I, as well? the, I don't know. The listeners had a firm lead on the batting title race up until a week or two ago, and they've slipped. And then that I slide. took the lead, and
5: then who took the lead from me took the last, lead week. last
3: week? <laughs> We had last week, we had four, I believe, yeah, four of us within five points, batting average wise, the tightest race in the history of write that down. Let's start with the listeners. And by the way, if you're new to the segment, we are the only sports talk show in the country that actually keeps track of our predictions and our batting averages, and we hold each other accountable. Yes. You don't just get to say something stupid and not have it come back. Can't just throw pop your face. off at the
0: mouth around here. No. No, sir. Yeah, like, Jason Smith's protected that one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Like uh, Vikes fan, 1930 <laughs> predicted Dalvin Cook will have over 250 total yards versus the Broncos between rushing and receiving. He did not. That did not happen. Did he even get to 100? Uh, he certainly didn't run for a lot of yards. No, I don't uh, think he got to 100. Joe predicted the Vikings will sign Jay Ajayi. Mm-hmm. He went back to the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Definitely isn't playing for the he Vikings, did. so that's incorrect. So the listeners went 0 for 2 this week. The listener slide continues And Write That Down. Uh, I had nothing come off the board. The guests had nothing come off the board. And Rami had nothing come off the board nothing. this wow. week. Mm. All right. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Rare. Judd had two things come off the board. He said the Gophers would beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. And he said the Vikings defense would score at least one touchdown on Sunday. Over 2. Nice. Jonathan you said optimistically the Gophers yeah. would score over 35 points in a win over Iowa. Whoops. That didn't happen. I missed this one with Manny. Manny said Bryce Harper would win MVP in 2019. <laughs> That
1: was, I think that might have been right after he signed with the Phillies. And that did not happen. So nope. here are the
3: new batting average leaders. I'm batting 301, leading the pack, slugging 677. Rami, you are just a few points behind, batting 297. On here the season. we go. 538 slugging percentage. Now behind Rami by just three points is Judd, batting 294 and slugging 580. The listeners are down to 289. That's the lowest point they've been at in like six months on the show. The listener slide continues. Major slump. A lot of bad predictions from earlier in the year coming back to haunt you guys. Starting to wonder if this is a slump or if this really was who you were all along. We call it regression to the mean. Exactly. Yeah, Uh, Manny, you're batting 263. Jonathan, you're at 238. And the guest predictors, like James, will be predicting today. We're batting two, uh, fourteen on the season. Write so it down.
4: You like writing things down. That's not my fault. I'm, I'm not taking credit for that That horrible average. You swing for the fences when you come on, though. I try. Are you but, ready right now? Yeah, I mean, you gave me all of two minutes to come up with
0: predictions. That <laughs> so. was a five-minute break.
3: We gave you adequate enough time. Swing, swing for the fences. Make them all go for predictions, too. You, uh, I want to go through some of the predictions still on the board here because it's kind of fun to go back and see what's what's still out there. What do we have on the board? Mm-hmm. Refresh our memories. So let's go through a a few predictions, combination of all of us, before we get to our real predictions for the week. Judd said Odell Beckham Jr. would be suspended by the Browns for at least a game sometime this season. So like an internal suspension of Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. But when you rank all the train wreck things about that team, Odell Beckham Jr. has been low-maintenance. But he might look at it and say, that's got to be the next domino to fall, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. else that's gone
7: wrong. <laughs>
3: sure. OBJ, going to get into a fight with uh, a kicking stanchion. A net, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Judd also predicted at some point... Punch a porta point, potty. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Tough guy. <laughs> did he do that? Where did this come from? <laughs> did he punch a porta potty? No, he, he fought a kicking net. <laughs> okay. I was being creative. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> potty. <Port-a-potty. laughs> Judd also predicted at some point that Major League Baseball will put a runner on second base to start the tenth inning by the 2022 season. Do you guys see Major League Baseball getting sick of extra innings in time for the 2022 season? I wouldn't season? put any terrible idea past Rob Manfred.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't.
3: Uh, Judd said uh, his. This is a three-part parlay here, and I don't think I don't think it's possible anymore with Romney's travel plans. He said College Game Day will come to Minnesota this season. Mm-hmm. Jason Fitz will show up in person and will play a fiddle song for Rami, who will oh, leave the studio oh, Yeah, that is out. fiddle song. That is out. Rami. That is not going to happen. Sorry, I'm going to see my family and loved ones for the holiday week. My What's bad. What's more
0: important to you, hearing the <laughs> fiddle or seeing your family? Absolutely going and
3: seeing my family. I want nothing to do with country <laughs> fiddle.
0: This guy's a Grammy Award winner. He You're going to... I respect his talents. Sure doesn't
3: seem like it. Manny, uh, this prediction's on the board for Manny. Actually, Ross made this prediction on behalf of Manny without Manny's permission. (laughs) Ross said the Vikings will attempt a special team's trick play at some point on the road, including a fake field goal, a fake punt, or some unexpected onside kick of some kind. I don't think that's happened yet. Probably
1: not. (laughs) No. Well, let's see. We've got road games at Seattle. I don't know if I would try it in Seattle if I were the Vikings. And you're at the Chargers. I think that's it. Oh, right? San the Diego Romans. for
3: sure. You for sure uh, San Diego. You for sure try against uh, yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, that's Every probably practically still to be a home San game. Uh, Jonathan, you said Kevin Stefanski at some point will be the Jaguars head coach in 2020.
0: Hey, could happen.
3: That's kind of tracking. Stefanski's going to be a candidate. Mm. Jaguars are always on the verge of firing somebody, right? Didn't I say Kubiak would be the head coach before the end of this calendar year? Of the Vikings, yeah. yes. Yeah. Going to guess that that's not going to probably not not going to happen. No, uh, Jonathan, you did. You also predicted the Vikings would finish third or fourth in the NFC North, which I think is becoming a mathematical well, impossibility.
0: Impossibility. Yeah, there may be a hedge coming. Who knows,
3: Rami, You might have to. Tell, did this one already come off the board? You predicted Hulu will pick up the Marvel series canceled by Netflix, except Iron Fist. Ah, uh, well, that that's happen not going to happen now. Not with Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, you might as well just. I predict take that, that pre Disney
3: Plus, you can take that off the board. Probably. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Batting yeah.
3: average changed for yeah, Robbie. I think so. Okay. We
0: knew about Disney Plus at the time, which is weird. Oh, did we? Yes. Okay. If you say so. We've known about it for
3: a year. I mean, you've known about it for
1: a year. I was going to say, maybe <laughs> just Jonathan You're here, a little right? nerdier than I am.
3: <laughs> you're just... A, you're <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, <laughs> probably true. Uh, your batting average is now down to 293. <laughs> you are below Judd Zolgad. No! You dropped to
7: third no! in the batting damn. time. Disney oh, Plus hurt damn. Yeah.
3: damn Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't pay for you. <laughs>
7: Jeez.
3: Uh, I'm on the record saying the Twins are going to pay 20 million dollars or more for free agents. But listener Bryce, listener Bryce came in hot. Listener Bryce said about six months ago that Sid Hartman will outlive Andrew Wiggins' NBA career. Wow! Oh my goodness! Wow! Wow!
5: It's an man. Prediction. Damn! Wow!
3: Which, by the way, Andrew Wiggins' NBA career is going to last a while if, uh, if this is the new Andrew. So. So those are your predictions still on the board, and a bunch of other ones. But write it down. You like writing things down. Let's go around the room. We'll go. I ahead. don't know which one of those is That's is more cold blooded to root for. <laughs> like, for,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's, Should we uh, put this on a Twitter poll? <laughs> Probably not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: We'll start with Rami. Three predictions each. Rami, Jonathan, Manny, Murph, and Phil. Aiden Smith, write this down. Oh my God. <laughs> write it down. You like writing things
4: down. Throwing two interceptions
3: Saturday no, against the Gophers. Come on. Two Aiden Smith interceptions tomorrow afternoon against your Minnesota Gophers.
1: Write it down. You like writing things down. Is that the Northwestern right? North quarterback? <laughs> you guys yeah, yeah. Over fun over yeah. Oh, we've been savaging them all show long. <laughs> you guys are so mean. Oh, I know. These guys are, are terrible. Are all of
0: yours Aiden Smith related? Maybe. Okay.
1: <laughs> over to Jonathan.
0: Uh, the Gophers <laughs> will score 34 points in a win over 34 Oh, you're 34 going back points. to that Sorry. well, huh? We'll score over 34 points. Sorry. Let me correct this. We'll score 34 or more points. There you go. You
3: want to get that extra yeah. 34 mm-hmm. there. You 34 or more How about 33 or more? Or more, more? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm 30, trying to 32, just, 32 or word more? this. The Gophers will score 34 points or more in a win this weekend
1: over Northwestern.
7: Okay.
3: And by the way, for new listeners to this segment, specificity yeah.
1: is your friend oh, yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Write yeah. it down. Carefully. Write it down. You like writing things down. Over to Manny. Alabama will not cover the spread against Western Carolina tomorrow. Did you guys see what the line is on that? No. Fifty-six and a half. Mm. Oof. What? Yeah. Oof! I mean, they're going to kick the crap out of Western Carolina, but I think with a backup quarterback now playing for them, the Mac Jones kid, I don't think they're going to cover the fifty-six and a half. That's aggressive. Write this down. Wow. Write it down. You like writing you guys things down. You will see some of the other spreads in for tomorrow's games. Fifty-six and a half. Auburn's, Auburn's favored by forty-eight and a half over Samford.
3: Dude, last week Northwestern, Northwestern, with one win going into last week, was favored by forty points over
4: UMass. 41, I think it was. 41? and It and was a 39 point, point they game. Almost they almost covered. They hadn't even come close to scoring that many points in a game, and they almost covered. Vegas is genius. Write yeah. this down.
3: Alright, over to Murph. James we'll, Murphy.
4: We'll keep it going with the college football. Tanner Morgan will not play tomorrow, but the Gophers will win by three scores, so we're going to go Whoa. 17 or more. The Gophers win without Tanner Morgan. Write wow. that down. So Murph coming in hot with a the parlay there.
3: Okay. Mm.
1: Write this down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that
3: then. All right, um, I'm going to go official on this one. I, I alluded to this one earlier in the week, but I'm going to stick to it. I know they already went to the Barclays Center, but write this down. Judd will drag his wife to Madison Square Garden at Double least one, once. Dublin down here, trip. yeah. Okay, he will drag. And I, it, this is. I'm just making this official because I didn't say it in the segment. Just to make it clear, I am standing by this prediction. They will go. And How long is he there? When does he get back? I think he comes back on Monday. Okay. So, pretty sure we got uh, a few nights to make this happen. Will it be
1: for a Knicks game or a Rangers game? It's too late in
3: the season for me to to get that specific. There, Manny. (laughs) (laughs) What you're doing?
1: Write this down.
3: Back to Rami. Write it down, you like
1: writing things down.
3: (laughs) Write this down. Stop. (laughs) Please. (laughs) We'll average less than five yards per attempt tomorrow against the Minnesota Gophers. (laughs) Less than five yards per attempt Savage for Northwestern quarterback.
1: Savage. Write it down, you like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember
3: that. All right, back to Jonathan Harrison. My apologies, Aiden, once again.
1: The Wolves will win
0: at least two of their next three games. They have three games over the next week between now and the next uh, write-that-down session, so they will win at least two of the th- next three. Okay,
1: and they will grab all of the missed corner three rebounds. <laughs>
7: yes. <laughs> write that down. Write that down.
1: Back to Manny. Uh, the Wolves will beat the Suns by at least five points tomorrow. Okay, look at you guys with your Wolves prediction. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Murph.
4: Uh, the NFL's MVP, the most valuable player this season, will be Lamar Jackson. He's the MVP. This year, write that down. Mm. Write this
7: down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Down.
4: All right, write this down.
3: The uh, I kind of want to make another Judd prediction.
7: <laughs> he's
4: already taken all right <laughs> three Judd predictions.
3: All right, all right. Here it is. So he's already taken a picture with the Flyers mascot and the and some sort of random pig, right? Third, giant pig. <laughs> yes, Judd. But between now and the end of his trip, Judd will take at least one other picture with. An inanimate object or mascot (laughs) of some kind. He will make it three for three. (laughs) Write that down.
1: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: Back to Robbie. I'm trying to tie Judd and Aiden Smith together in some kind of prediction. (laughs) He's coming up with this on the fly. I don't think I'm gonna be able to come up with one. Try to think like beers to Aiden Smith touchdowns, like some kind of some kind of Judd to Aiden Smith comparison. Can you help can me we, out? Can we get? Can Are we get, you get, allowed to help me out? I, I'd love to. Okay. Can we get Judd to be honest about beer consumption? Like he'd have to keep count in some form. Yeah, I don't You'd think that's actually. Here's what, yeah, here's what it is. here's He doesn't have to know the other part of your prediction. Okay. If you text him and say, "Hey, it's part of a write that down prediction. Just need you to keep track of how many beers <laughs> you drink." On, let's say, Saturday night. Okay. Or on Saturday in New York.
0: Because he's going to be watching the game at a bar. Yes. All right. So
3: you just need just shoot him a text and say, hey, keep, keep track. Here it so is. write that Here down. It keep is. track of how many beers you drink on Saturday. Judd will have at least three times as many beers on Saturday as Aiden Smith will throw touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so he'll have three beers? <laughs>
7: It's a layup. Yeah, but we're going to let this okay.
3: fly? Two times. I don't know. No. Okay. No, it's not. Nice. You got to go the other way. You got to go ten times. Okay. No, <laughs> ten is too high. <laughs> Three. You've worked, you've worked <laughs> for a year. <laughs> It's too high. Eight times, Judd will have eight <laughs> times. Okay, so if that dude if that dude throws two touchdowns, judd has got his work Just cut out. Gotta have sixteen beers. Yes, <laughs> Judd will have eight times more beers on Saturday yeah. than Aiden Smith will throw touchdowns. And let's get Rami at least eight times because if Judd drinks seventeen least, beers, yes, I don't that, want you to. Be that's wrong. what I meant. At okay. least eight times. Okay. Yes. Write I'm it down. Judd you like right writing now.
0: things down? Write this down. All
3: right, back to Jonathan Harrison.
0: I wanted to do an Aiden Smith. Predictions, so I quickly googled Aiden Smith and looked if he was going to play this weekend. And it looks like it's highly doubtful mm-hmm. Aiden Smith is going to play. So, Ron oh, really? Yes, oh, yeah, no, yeah,
4: yes. oh, no. so oh, I, ma- I was gonna mention that, guys.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Murphy. <laughs> so you were gonna mention it. I appreciate it, you guys. That is so, you so all. that's
0: why I waited till the third pick. I hate you all. <laughs>
1: I hope terrible things oh, happen to you this weekend. bury himself. That is so savage.
5: Hate you all.
1: I don't need the text no Judd rules now and write that down. But you know what? Oh. If he throws
3: zero touchdowns, Judd Straight. just Jud can have zero. He, he doesn't have to have anything. He doesn't well, have to drink anything. That's true.
4: What? Yeah, what mathematically yeah, he, that's true. He would true. have to drink nothing because eight times zero. Is zero. is zero. So if Judd has a beer on Saturday, that's... No, you said at least. Oh, yeah, that's right. He said at least. That. He's yeah, good. You're so good. So I'm going to get all one right. of these. So the
3: joke's on all of us.
4: Ha-ha.
0: <laughs> all right. right so so down. the Northwestern quarterback, whoever it will be, will throw at least two interceptions. You guys... Just <laughs> wow. Such savages.
1: <laughs> these these so
3: these no no. rules in this game. These kids have... Families and girlfriends. <laughs> you started this all this. okay? Write it
1: down. You like writing things down. <laughs> I feel so bad for Rami, man. That's <laughs> <Don't>. awful. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll be all right. <laughs> that Just is made three so predictions wrong.
0: that are almost guaranteed to come to become right. one of them is almost guaranteed to be right.
3: Yeah. He's battery. Rami's starts off with a 333 I'll take batting three, average. I'll take 333. Yeah. I'm good. Rami with that. has raised his batting average, exactly. basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. All right, over to uh over to Manny.
1: Uh on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, Ben Simmons hit his first career. Uh, regular season NBA three-pointer, mm-hmm. which is just still baffling to think Pretty about. Pretty amazing. Um, congratulations to him. Ben Simmons, write this down, will hit at least two more three-pointers this season. Oh, he'll hit. I bet he hits 20. In fact, you know what? Write this down. Ben Simmons hits
3: at least twenty three pointers this season. <sighs> okay. Mm. 20 is a lot.
7: Mm,
4: he's That's made a, he's made one in how many games so far?
3: Nah, I probably shouldn't have said yeah. that. That's not even a limb you're stepping out but on. It's, dude. It's, That's it, a branch. It's a 2020 prediction, though. Write so. this
1: down. Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: Make note of it. All right, back to Murph. James Murphy from the Scorneth Gopher show.
1: So
4: there's a pretty big game in the NFC Sunday night. The Packers go out to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. I think, write that down, the NFC will be represented in the Super Bowl by... The Green Bay Packers write that Wow. Down. This guy. Unfortunately.
3: Write I'm this sorry. down.
1: Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: This guy here. All right, final he prediction. You should get banned from write that down just for that. Predicting Packers success? I'm sorry. Yeah. Why I'd, even put dude, that out there?
4: Yeah, Because that's how I feel. I, I think they're going to represent the NFC.
3: Not feeling your energy right now. Nah. Bad energy. Bad energy. <laughs> bad energy. <laughs> What's the spread on the Gophers' Northwestern game? It's, the, it's uh, 18, and 18, and 18, 18 and a half. 18 and a half. All right. It's
1: eighteen. So. Eight, I'll say this. it oh, was thirteen and a half? no, I'm sorry. It's it's, uh, it's it's fourteen. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. The
3: Gophers will win by twenty points or more tomorrow. How many? All right, screw it. <laughs> twenty points or more, and the quarterback fumbles at least twice. Whoever the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> whoever the quarterback is,
4: will fumble
5: right, at least you twice. Down, the, down. You like Northwestern
7: down?
1: The, the Northwestern quarterback. I was looking at the uh, Penn State Ohio State spread. That's eighteen and a half for Ohio State tomorrow. That's amazing but anyway so that is write that down predictions sure to go wrong every
3: friday here i'm mackie and jeb with rami and uh we got five weeks to go until the batting race winds up crowning somebody you're on the record rami saying that you uh one of your predictions is that you will win the batting championship that, is, that, that is might my actually prediction. that might be the the hanging the, chad the deal breaker at the end of it yeah, yeah. It's going to be, actually, there's a couple. I feel like I have control over a couple predictions in here. Like people made predictions about me earlier in the year that I could sway one way or the other for points. So looking forward to that. But, uh, when we come back here, Mm -hmm. we, uh, why don't, why don't you set this up? Because you host Score North Live between noon noon and two. Yes. And uh, we did something kind of fun a few hours ago that we feel the need. It's, it was so fun and it was so topical for this show. We're going to run it back when we come back it's, here.
4: It's score court,
3: and we're going to try and make this a regular thing on Score North Live, which you can hear weekdays noon to 2 on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. And basically, it's when two Score North hosts who don't normally work together on the same shows take issue with one another's takes, they can bring it to Score North Live, they can lay out their cases, and Judge Rami Makloff hands down a verdict on on who's right and who's wrong on the take based strictly on the facts and the strength of the case that is put before him. And let's just Not say uh, that is how you do Let's judge. just say I brought a star witness. To yeah, the table. Mackie had a star what witness today. Mackie brought the star power with him uh, to to try and make his case. So we'll do that when we come back here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. All right, let's talk about Luther Brookdale out of here for a second. Six ninety four on Brooklyn Boulevard, where right now they're kicking off holiday shopping season. They're kicking it off a few days early, giving you some great deals. Black Friday five hundred dollar trade in bonuses. Bring in your trade and get an additional $500 from Luther Brookdale Toyota, where my family and I have been going for 30 plus years. They also have 0% financing on all Highlanders right now. Also, 2019 clearance is still going on. They're trying to move the 2019s with ready to move, uh, ready to move prices right now to make room for the 2020s. Great deals on Tundras, Tacomas, Forerunners, RAV4s, more than a hundred on the lot right now. And like I said, priced to move. You can also get an additional five hundred dollars Black Friday trade-in bonus. Remember, it's six ninety four on Brooklyn Boulevard and it's Luther Brookdale Toyota. When you stop in, you can help Score North, you can help Mackie and Jeb with Rami by telling them that Phil Mackey sent you. Just go ask for Steve Miller in the service area. Go ask for Paula in the showroom. Ask for Ron. Tell him Phil Mackie sent you. And tell him uh, tell him you love Score North. Again, six ninety-four on Brooklyn Boulevard and score and uh and Luther Brookdale Toyota all right, earlier today, Ra- so Rami hosts Noon to 2, Score North Live, Monday through Friday. And uh I came out on this show this weekend and said, I think Carl anthony Towns is a top five player. And Danny Cunningham, who covers the Wolves for Score North. Dude, he was texting me last night, like a series of texts, saying he wanted to address this on Score North Live today. And so we did. And if you've never heard Score North Live before, check it out. You can download podcasts. Just, just search Score North Live on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. But uh Rami had... His version of Judge Judy, if you will. This is (laughs) score court or Rami's court. And I brought a big fish witness to the table here. He sure
1: did. In the world of sports talk, there are all kinds of takes. Good takes, bad takes... Hot takes, cold takes. And when one Score North host disagrees with another Score North host takes, they bring it to the only place they can. This is Score Court. Today's defendant, Bill Mackey. He says the Carl Anthony Towns has climbed the ranks to a top five player in the NBA. The plaintiff, Danny Cunningham. He says, nah, bruh. All rise. The kind of, sort of, Honorable Judge Rami Makhlouf presiding. Thank you. Thank you, Bailiff Manny. You all can be
4: seated. Score court is now in session. You heard the case. Phil
3: Mackey thinks that Carl Anthony Towns is a top five player in the NBA. Danny Cunningham, he says, nah, bruh. Phil Mackey the uh, defendant will get a chance to make his case first <laughs> each each of the members in score court today will get 5 minutes to make their cases then I may need some cross examination before uh, handing down my final verdict as the kind of sort of honorable judge Robbie Maclae Phil Mackey the floor is yours. sir. I just want to say, uh, Honorable Judge Rami, your hair looks flowing Thank and glorious you, sir. today. Thank you. What want do you to think of, you that, my, okay? of my
5: judge's robe? Uh, your, before, bu- your Bumba robe. It's great. Thank before you. we get started, can I just say that Manny saying "nah, brah, is the
7: best thing he's ever done. <laughs> that was
4: fantastic, <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're all in agreement there.
5: <laughs> all right, so
3: ladies and gentlemen of Rami's court, I am here to explain to you why my client Carl Anthony Towns Jr is one of the five best players in the NBA right now on November 22nd, 2019. My argument is not that Carl Anthony towns is top five, most decorated as a player. My argument is not that Carl Anthony towns is top five, most hyped as a player. My argument is also not that Carl Anthony towns has always been a top five player. My argument is that Carl Anthony towns is right now in this very moment, one of the five best players in the NBA. In my case, is built on facts and provable concrete evidence. Mr. Mackey, you're meandering. Can we please That's get to the I facts of the case, sir? I would like to call my first witness to the stand, if witness. it the court.
1: I will allow it. Who is the first witness? Bailiff Manny, can you please let the first witness in? The uh, first witness, Your Honor, is Minnesota Timberwolves head coach, Ryan Saunders. Okay, Mr. Saunders, what do you have
3: to say? All right, Witness, will you please state your name and your connection to Carl Anthony Towns
1: for the courtroom? Ryan Phillips Saunders. I'm his head coach.
3: Okay, and uh, Ryan, where were you the night of Monday, November 18th, 2019, when the Timberwolves were playing at the Utah Jazz? I was on the court. Okay, and uh, where was Carl Anthony Towns on the night of Monday, November 18th, when the Timberwolves were playing the Jazz?
1: He was on the basketball court.
3: And uh, according to NBA.com and also ESPN.com, multiple credible sources, Carl Anthony Towns made seven three-pointers in one game that night. A seven-footer making seven three-pointers in one game. Can you confirm, Ryan Saunders, that Carl Anthony Towns did indeed make seven three-pointers in one game?
6: Yes, I can not confirm.
3: And uh, again, uh, just for the the courtroom here, Ryan, how long have you been coaching basketball? Uh, This will be my uh, 12th season. Okay, so in 12 seasons coaching basketball, can you ever recall seeing with your own two eyes another seven-foot human make seven three-pointers in an NBA basketball game?
1: I have never seen that. And I and, and the only person I feel like I will see do that is Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Thank you, Ryan. You got it.
5: Your Honor, I have an objection. An objection? Yes, I will hear it. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is not a seven-footer. Carl Anthony Towns' official height... According to the NBA is 6 foot 11. Semantics.
3: Objection denied. Oh, wow. Phil Mackey, carry on. Okay. I'd like, to, I'd like to call my second witness to the stand. You have two witnesses. Emmanuel Hill. Oh. <laughs> You're calling the bailiff to the stand? I'm calling the
1: bailiff to the stand I don't know right if now. that's yes. allowed, but yes. it's the first score court. We'll give it a try. I was try. server of the subpoena about five minutes ago, so I have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you actually Manny, honor subpoenas? Lives.
3: That's crazy. Go ahead. Manny, is it fair to say you would consider yourself a highly educated professional follower of basketball, the fact that you get paid to follow basketball and
1: talk about basketball? I would say that's fair, yes. Uh, When did you start following NBA basketball fairly closely? When I was 10 years old in 1994. So about 25 years. years,
3: So so. considering you are paid to work in sports media, you co-host a Timberwolves and NBA podcast, you've been watching NBA basketball closely for at least 25 years. Do you consider yourself an expert compared to the average Joe when it comes to NBA basketball? Yes. Okay. So I want your expertise on win shares for a brief moment, okay? Okay. According to BasketballReference.com, win shares is a one-stop-shop statistic that encapsulates a player's offense, defense, durability, and efficiency. Basically, all of the things that make up a good basketball player, okay? For win shares to be fully accurate, Manny, according to your expertise, which player or players would you expect to see at the top of an all-encompassing, great-at-basketball list going back to 1979? Who, in your mind... Are the like the two, three best basketball players going back to 1979? Just in your opinion,
1: Uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. LeBron James. Okay. uh, If I'm looking for, well, I would say Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. Third.
3: So for win shares to be fully accurate, according to your expertise, we'd want to match that list pretty closely, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny I have that list right in front of me, Your Honor. (laughs) What a coincidence. Going back to 1979, windshares tell us Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, and Shaquille O'Neal are the best players in that 40-year stretch. When you account for offense, defense, on the court frequently, and efficiency. Manny, would you consider that to be a fairly uh, accurate list, give or take? I would say that's fair, yes. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's see what windshares tells us about Carl Anthony Towns here, back to the uh, defendant in this case. Well, it's funny. When you go win shares uh, on the 2019-20 season, he ranks fifth in the NBA. Mr. Mackey, I'll just have you know that condescending tone of voice w- will not get you anywhere in this court.
4: Also, <gasps> apologize. I apologize. And, and,
3: and that sound means that you're out of time to make sure. your argument. It's in fifth. a, str- fifth, a str- fifth in win share. A strong um, argument, albeit. You had eyewitness testimony. You had expert testimony. You have made your case, though, Mr. Mackey. It is time for Mr. Cunningham the prosecutor, to make his case. If he brings in Gerson Rosas, by the way.
5: I I do not have witnesses. I do not feel the need to bring in witnesses. The first thing I would like to do is refute something that Mr. Mackey just said, Mm -hmm. Uh, Judge Rami. He said that Carl Anthony Towns is fifth, according to basketball reference in shares, which is not a fact Wow, (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns is actually tied for sixth. With Rudy Gobert, the uh, the six play, or the five players ahead of him right now are James Harden, an MVP. Luka Doncic, someone who I think is going to be a multiple-time MVP and just has absolutely dominated this league. Mm-hmm. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's the reigning MVP. LeBron James, who's the greatest player of all time. And Damian Lillard, who obviously is on a bad team right now, but is the only reason that they have not turned themselves into the 3-13 and 13 Golden State Warriors.
3: Your Honor, I object. And I will hear your objection. What is it? Uh, we were asked to submit evidence before the latest refresh of BasketballReference.com.
5: <laughs> I was never asked to submit any evidence, uh, Mr. Mackey. you had your chance. Your objection is also denied. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. This is not the argument that Carl Anthony Towns is not a really, really good player. Because he is among the NBA's elite. But top five is a bit much. When you're talking about the ranks of LeBron James, who I think we can all agree here is a top five player now and of all time. He's a uh, top five player objection?
3: Yes, Mr. That's Mackin. not rooted in fact. That's Danny's opinion. That is conjecture and
5: speculation. Objection upheld. Where do you rank LeBron James all time or right now, Phil? My the opinion, opinion in, or or yes my or fa- in
3: or factual based on basketball in, reference in God. the
5: evidence and in the evidence from Basketball Reference and in the evidence from a uh, a b or a. Uh, audiogram that was published by <laughs> oh, okay. your employer score north <laughs> you both listed lebron james as a top 5 no doubt that player That is very incriminating
3: evidence against you mr i believe that to be fact the point that mr cunningham is making that it's very incriminating evidence against you mr Listen, Mackey. the guy who makes those audiograms is crooked declan seth
2: <laughs> look at their criminal background right you, there can can you
3: you confirm confirm
5: you're talking about that that was your voice on that audiogram i played the fifth I need need to see my lawyer now. Aside from that, we do have Kawhi Leonard, reigning Finals MVP, is undoubtedly one of the five best players in the world right now. That his win shares aren't that high because of the team he plays on and because he's trying to take care of his future health. This isn't a question of whether or not he is the healthiest guy in the league right now, but there is no question that he is one of the five best basketball players in the world. James Harden is scoring nearly 40 points per game, a feat that has not been accomplished in the NBA by anyone other than a guy named Wilt Chamberlain many, many moons ago. By the way, it was also said on the audiogram by both of you that all James Harden does is score. That is incorrect. James Harden is. One of I am the, not on trial here, sir. I, I am aware, but it is the evidence. I am just saying because this could be looked at as, I would as collusion. It, Mr. Cunningham, to leave me out of this, that James Harden is also one of the two or three best passers in the NBA as well, and plays sufficient defense. Your Honor, is that new cologne?
3: Don't kiss up to the okay. judge.
5: That will get you nowhere.
3: Is that him being out of time? Is that man? No, it? that's oh, just okay. buzzing. <laughs> You uh, don't need to talk
5: about the kissing up to, to, the, uh, to the judge. Giannis Antetokounmpo, reigning MV, NBA MVP, has been just as good this year as he was last year. I don't necessarily know that he'll repeat, but I think that he is absolutely a better basketball player than Carl Anthony Towns. He can't shoot as well, but everything else he does better than Carl Towns. By the way, we've also forgot about a, a certain two-player pairing that used to play together now have separated because they're both currently injured. Steph Curry is absolutely a better basketball player than Carl Anthony Towns. Even though he's out with a broken hand, that doesn't mean he doesn't exist. That doesn't mean he wasn't, almost, he wasn't a massive pick preseason to win NBA MVP because he's that much good. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles last year. He is an all-time great and still one of the five best players in the league. Before he injured his calf or Achilles or whatever the Golden State Warriors wanted to say it was, he was the one that was going to take over LeBron's throne as the best player in the world. We forget that because it happened five months ago and he had an unfortunate injury. Aside from that... Luka Doncic has been better than Carl Anthony Towns this year. He's only in his second year, and he obviously is not accomplished to the extent all the other players I've listed have been.
3: Danny, you're out of time. You both have have now stated your cases. Is there any cross-examination... That you would like to make of each other with the minute that we have left for
5: deliberation before I hand down my verdict. I have some questions for Mr. Okay. Mackey. If that's you okay. each can ask each other one question. If we have time, we'll go from there. Mr. Mackey, throughout the course of the season, obviously, the Wolves have been more successful than many anticipated they might be. But the first two games, Carl Anthony Towns was fantastic. Can you confirm that for me really quick? I believe he was fantastic. And since then there have been many games that both he and Mr. Andrew Wiggins, also goes by the alias of Maple Jordan at times, have shared the court. Now, because of Carl getting in a fight and Andrew having a personal issue and then an illness, there have been five games where they have not played together. But after those first two games, can you definitively say that Carl Anthony Towns has been the better player in the majority of the games over Andrew Wiggins because I do think that the evidence would support otherwise.
3: I believe Carl anthony Towns is a top
5: five player in the NBA. Mr. Mackey, you did not answer my question. I would you like not you answer to answer question, that question. But
3: you have to move on, and, and that will not work in your favor, Mr. Mackey. But you do have the right to ask Mr. Cunningham a question, should you so choose. And then we have would, to wrap this up. I would this suggest
1: asking about uh, 20 seconds. Uh, so you used wind shares to
3: disprove my theory. Do you believe wind shares... Are a valid way to evaluate a basketball player.
5: It is semi-valid to me. I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. I don't think basketball has a has a metric as strong as baseball does with WAR. I'm ready to think hand that down my verdict. The same.
3: I'm ready to hand down my. Did verdict. you order the code red? I did not, Mr. Mackey. Your your testimony included eyewitness testimony from a star witness and Ryan Saunders. Expert testimony from a man whose opinion I trust very much in Manny Hill. But. Danny Cunningham's case was more factually and statistically based. All you did, Mister Mackey, was cover a turd in glitter and tell me it was a unicorn. <laughs> all right, and I don't fall for that in this court, sir. I brought Ryan Saunders the to the show. verdict is that sex. you are guilty. Of having a, a bad take that Karl Anthony Towns is a show. top five player in the NBA. I will not. Danny Cunningham be takes home his first way. win. Thank in you, score you court. Not. This has been be treated this Score way. North Live on fifteen hundred scorenorthcom <laughs> and the Score You're North mobile app. Go listen to it anywhere, anywhere you fired. download podcasts. I didn't realize you fired us. I did. I forgot all about that. Yes, I did. But uh, that was that was part of Score North Live today, uh, Rami's Rami's Score North Court, in which uh, I lost. I lost the trial. Apparently, I South like money to send
0: him to judge school. I might be the
7: judge.
3: Uh, uh, let's let's wrap with Royce here, Pat. I told Rami earlier in the day. I think if Tanner Morgan plays this game, is loser proof for the Gophers tomorrow. But that's probably the first step in jinxing them. So, what do you with, think? With
6: with all the injuries Northwestern has on defense, I think if uh, the uh, young uh, Kramer lad from Eden Prairie wins this game is uh, I mean plays this game is probably loser proof. He uh, I know Mike Grant is a big fan of his. He thinks he's a tough kid, and uh, I would guess. If Morgan has any physical problems, uh, they will uh, play Kramer and see if it works out, and hope Morgan's ready for Wisconsin. But
3: right. loser proof? You think loser? But there's no way that they lose this football game. Are we ready to go there, Pat?
6: Uh, I would be very. I think if this was a, uh, you know, I mean, they beat UMass. That's <laughs> it's the only team they've beaten since. It's, September is uh, UMass, and uh, the kid from uh, Maple Grove uh, uh, ripped him up. But if they play him tomorrow, Eddie, I have owl. If they play him uh, tomorrow, they will blow his red shirt. And when they're 1-9, uh, and nine, they probably don't want to do that. So uh, I would guess it's it's dang near loser-proof. What's the number? I haven't even looked. 10 or so?
3: Uh, it's like we said, what fourteen, something like that, fourteen points. And it really 14.
6: up as the week. It really went up as the week progressed. Right? It was. It was. It was lower than that when it started. So, yeah, I'd say they don't have many problems. They'll they'll play well, and uh, it, you know, with Creamer, I think can throw the ball a little bit, and uh, those receivers. I don't know how Northwestern are covering. Yeah, I, I did read some stuff because somebody told me they're all hurt and they they have had a uh, boatload of injuries. What a fall, though, huh? Or did they not go unbeaten in the West last year? I think they beat everybody, right? They were six and all in the West.
4: Northwestern did. And,
6: Northwestern, yeah, and uh, and I think they were like eight and one in the league or some damn thing like that. It's it's incredible. I mean, shit. You know, they had a fantastic year with a lot of great defense, and now they turn around and they're inept. So yeah. it's, uh, I, th- I think when you're down there, you have a small margin for error. If if your quarterback gets hurt, uh, which there's did, and uh, you're, you get a couple other guys hurt, there's not much left, and they've been uh, they've been awful.
3: It's amazing, you know. Pat Fitzgerald's only 44 years old. I mean, he, well, he he's been only he's only been at that job for over 10 years. years.
6: He was Now uh, he's fifty two after this team but uh, you know, he, was, uh <laughs> he, he probably he probably could have went to many places you know they're building him or they might have already completed it like a two hundred million dollar facility on the lake whoa they they they've, they've built this edifice down there and uh should be a condo but it's a it's a, it's a football and i think it's all it 's like the u it 's all athletics, but it's mostly devoted to football. And uh I don't know if it's opened yet, or, but it's but it's about to open. It's supposed to be as nice as any place in the country, but uh wow, I what, what a tank job. I gotta ask Rami a question. Yes, sir. You don't have an illegitimate brother named Eric Stahl. But, yeah, I was in the wild uh, <laughs> I was in the wild uh, locker room last night looking across, talking to him, waiting for Greenway, and I said, what the hell's is Rami doing? I've gotten
3: that tweet. What, I've gotten that what, tweet from some wild fans that Eric Stahl and I uh, slightly what, resemble you
6: know, each other. You know, you're a little liver is taller
5: than him but not a hell of a lot he's got
3: the same unkept look pat anytime somebody is on tv making news who has long dark hair and a beard and has you know the Mm -hmm. olive skin i get Mm -hmm. flooded with tweets of hey rami is that you it's just i think all of us look alike everybody who shares those traits looks exactly alike to the rest of you
6: and you guys, they take, they take a little extra look at you at the airport. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Hey. Hey, hey, you sure you don't want
3: to go through there again, pal? <laughs> One time, Pat, after after I, I had I, I went through some like pretty pretty severe weight loss. They pulled me aside because I still had it was still a fat picture on my driver's well, license, I, and I, like no, I th- don't, I don't, three TSA agents stood around and tried to figure out if that indeed was me on the driver's license. Mm-hmm. Finally, they uh, let I me got, through.
6: I got great driver's license, man. If I, I wish I kept like all five of them because there's no way it's the same person on any of them. You know? So it's. Uh, <laughs> it's uh it's uh pretty unbelievable so hey the wild went good last night they uh, won the game three you two they aren't as, you know what i you know what they uh they i got i came up with a campaign slogan for them. yeah we what is that? are we aren't as rotten as you think
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we're still pretty bad <laughs>
6: <laughs> no i just gonna leave it at there uh so the twins were supposed to name their new hitting coach today, apparently, and then uh, pulled back on that because uh, Rick Shelton is still in the—I mean, Derek Shelton is still in the hunt for the uh, Pittsburgh job. I guess it's uh, what was it it's supposed to be Katze or somebody or Loretta or somebody—and then—and uh, but it's now still up in the air, and it might be Shelton, I guess. So.
7: Okay.
3: Uh, I see. Uh, over in Detroit, our, our guy Joe Vavra is a hitting coach once once again for Ron Gardenhire. Did you see that oh, a Joe, couple okay. weeks ago?
6: Joe's now the hitting coach.
3: Okay, was it a good.
6: <laughs> okay, poor Joe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're set with that lineup. You are set up to fail.
6: Yeah, go see Daz Cameron, who uh, was supposed to be the future, and they kept uh, and Matt kept telling him, "Send this kid to Erie." He can't hit, Triple A pitching. He oh. stinks, and he doesn't know do what he's doing. But they didn't want to send him to another level down because he's supposed to be part of this big rebuild that they have coming. Poor Guardy, man. I I was hoping they fired him.
3: Yeah, I think he probably was too.
6: Did <laughs> <laughs> well, you feel like like three weeks before the end of the season says? You know, I'd like to be back, but if I got fired, I'd understand. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That was him saying, fire me, <laughs> he's please, like, he's and like,
3: give me
6: the rest I, of that I, content. I ain't
3: giving up the three million, but if they want to pay me. Yeah.
6: Yeah, well, they were probably hoping that he quit, so they didn't have to pay him.
3: You think it's just a standoff at this point? They're like, no, you quit. He's like, no, you
7: fire me. <laughs>
6: no, no. no. Hey, they'll probably give him. He'll probably have to put up with it for two, three months. So Joe's the hitting coach. I know Steve Little went home, right? He said, I'm not going to go through it anymore. He's going to go back home fishing. So I, I don't know. Andy's still there, though. They've been through this before, although not this bad. At their worst, the Twins were never this bad. Detroit's one of the worst teams in God, but you know, years. Of course, they had that other team that if the Twins, what year did the Twins lose two out of three there to prevent them from losing one hundred and twenty? Remember that?
3: Uh, the Twins.
6: Remember that they they were in the lose one hundred and twenty Detroit. Jonathan
3: yeah, says oh so. three. Yeah. Yeah, that,
6: were, that, that
3: was candy. the year that the, that they sat Mike Marath and Jeremy Bonderman to avoid twenty losses, right? Or one of the
7: two.
6: Yes. Yeah, you know, they were uh, and they were they had a chance to beat the Mets 120 losses and uh they they didn't and the Twins lost the last two to them and I think they ended up at 119. So but this club this club had 119 potential and they don't look like they're going to be any better next year. No.
7: Yeah,
3: Miguel Cabrera. Mighty
6: whiteys, look out for the mighty Whitey.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, for people by the way because I I sent out a tweet yesterday that after they got Grandall in free agency, this is now a three-team race and I think well, people are wondering what because they added one player. No, I mean they're going to add a couple of young pitchers, and all their well, young players the are going to get better. And so. I actually saw Steve Stone tweet out just just a short while ago that that was that Grandal is is just the beginning of their offseason acquisitions. That there's a right fielder on the way and more pitching help on the way for the White Sox.
6: And they got a brave back when, when nobody was sure yep. about that. So, yeah, I think they they get sick of uh, you know they had a little they were drawing people there for about what they had a little run of about in June and early July where they were playing pretty good. Yeah, they were hanging so,
3: right around five hundred for a minute there and people, people were, were starting to buy in.
6: Coming to the ballpark and then they you know, they went absolutely in the tank. But uh yeah, they, they you know, they could have pretty good the trouble is those Tommy John guys that come back and they'll only pitch eighty or hundred innings. So, you know, Kopech and Rod Redone, you know, you can't get on there. that's like twins fans saying Gratteral should be a starter. Okay, well it gets what like, fifty eight innings this year, so what can you get out of him next year? 90, yeah. 100 backs? So, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a little foundation in modern baseball for this. Yes. Season.
3: Uh, all right, Pat, enjoy your Vikings by a weekend and your Gophers by weekend, which should be a by weekend. And we'll, uh, we'll plan for college game on? day on Monday.
6: Goose uh, kick off early, right? 11.
3: They do 11 o'clock tomorrow.
6: All right, all right, go Tyler Johnson. I'm a big
3: Tyler Johnson fan. He's good at football. Yep. All right. See you, Pat. Yep. That's wrapping uh, with Royce every single day at 5:45 here on Mackie and Joe with Rami. I'm all, all scared right. when Pat says I have a, I have to ask Rami a question. That's a that's it's never all. It's never it's, good for you. No, never happens. good. No. never good. You can find our podcast Mackie and Joe with Rami on the Score North app, Apple or Spotify. See you Monday.
6: these things you're ruining my evening (laughs)